Where we last left off, you guys had the horror train ride experience. Classic. Going from from London to Edinburgh. You believe you've left the Blitz far behind in London. As you've gotten to Edinburgh and you've rendezvoused with Adam Wesley Amesley, as you're driving through the streets of Edinburgh, you find that the war is affected here too. A month ago, actually it would be two months ago, bomber came through and dropped bombs on the city as well. You see houses have been turned and reduced to rubble. But for the most part, the city is intact. It looks like it hasn't been hit as badly. Now, as for your contact, Amesley, young Amesley, Adam Wesley Amesley, which, Gabriella, you know him only as Wesley. Yeah, the Amesley part is relatively new information, but does not endear me to this person that I don't respect very much anyway. Lizzie, you know him by his full name. Yeah, by his full name and by some very unflattering names that I got grounded for a couple of times calling him. <laughs> Absolutely. Lizzie kind of puts on the grifter mask in a way, just trying to play it cool. But I feel like Freddy specifically probably notices the way she's looking around. She does not trust him at all in the slightest is not happy about this situation. That's a good assertion about your brother. My hand has not left my gun this entire time, and I'm not even super subtle about it. As you all depart the train, you surround him, demanding answers. Finley, you're in the back. You have his retreat covered when you feel a finger tap you on the shoulder, and you see this big butler-looking character behind him, and... Lizzie, you recognize this as one of the old stewards of your house, uh, Gabriel. Mm. Gabriel, good to see you. It is a pleasure. That's a big boy. Certainly is. It would be best if we don't talk here, and we talk in private. Enemies abound, and we are quite uh, exposed at the moment. I will tell you everything later. Let's just get to my house. And Lizzie, you know that it's not his house. It belonged to your father. You know exactly where he's going to take you. It's on Cobble Street. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where Gabriel drives you to. As you guys get in the car, it's a silent drive. If you try and pick up conversation, Wesley just puts his finger to his mouth. I think at some point Lizzie does sort of whisper to Freddy in Russian something along the lines of keep your enemies close. Huh. And just goes back because my head is this whole time Freddy's just been leaning in the backseat whistling some body tune that they've heard in a pub and just goes extra loud. As you guys park, Gabriel goes ahead and takes all of y'all's suitcases and anything that you had on your person inside although you guys did leave in a hurry so you might not have much in the way of luggage i think gabrielle is the only one that has luggage i've just got a messenger bag and i'm keeping it with me thank you yeah i have um i have like a rolling no i think i have a steamer trunk i think that would have made sense 
Gabriel takes those upstairs while Wesley takes you inside and gives you each your own rooms. Gabriella, you will be staying here. Mm-hmm. And you he opens the room to one that outlooks the backyard, which is there is green gardens and just a pond in the middle of it, and then there's a retaining wall on the backside. Hmm. Next, I believe your name is Finley, correct? Yes, that is uh, correct. You'll be staying in this room, and you look in and you see the front yard. You see the two trees that you saw on the entrance, and you see the gate. You see the path that leads to the door. You're kind of directly in the middle of the house. Next. Freddy, right? What? I've heard much about you. I will have need for your appraisal abilities. I have some artifacts that might interest you. This almost pays right. No, it will pay right. I assure you of that. You get put into a room that... Lizzie, you recognize as your room when you would come here. Play it. She's still playing it cool. He's just being a little shit. Would not be surprised if he's trying to get to her, so she's just playing it cool. I'm sure my sister would not mind giving you her space for the, for the time that you stay here. Yeah, she's generous like that. And this broom closet here will be your sister. <laughs> what a shit. Oh, no, I should probably give you a proper bed. You'll have the uh, master bedroom. I'm, I don't have to escort you there, correct? Good to see you at least paid some attention to Mother. How could I not? Anyways, we'll talk at dinner. Uh, that'll be at five. Good evening. And he walks off. And Gabriel puts all your luggage down in each of your rooms. And walks off as well. What would you guys like to do? I guess familiarize myself with the surrounding area. I'll take Bosco with me. So I'm not having to worry about any... any Not interruptions, but any anybody who might bear me some ill intent. Finley goes and crashes face first onto his bed in the room. If anyone would like a tour, I can show you all around. It's been a few years, but I do know this place. Sure. As you all have gathered into the main hall to uh, discuss what you're going to do, Finley, you're upstairs in your own, in your room, just face down in the pillows. It's quite comfortable. If anyone walks by that door, you can just hear the snoring from outside. Just a little bit of that honk shoe situation. I mean, Not the honk. Fair. Honk shoe. <laughs> fair. Ballad. As you guys are standing in this main hall, you hear a jingling. And then a small, almost a yip, but still a little bark. And Lizzie, you you hear a familiar panting come by, come bounding up to you. And you see this small little beagle nestle its head in your uh, lap. Just immediately drops to her knees and just like, let the dog crawl in her lap. Just like, oh, there you are. Oh, look at you. Just rubbing the belly. <laughs> What's this dog's name? The dog's name is Ella. 
So Bella puts its head in your lap, and she um, just licks your face, and then she turns and looks at Bosco, bends over in like a playful manner. Mm. How would Bosco react to that? Oh, I think Bosco looks to me, and I give him a little go-ahead to like have fun but don't roughhouse sort of thing. Bosco understands the command, and they take off into the backyard. Yeah. Oh, I've missed that dog. You didn't tell me your family had pets? Just the one. Kept meaning to come and kind of wanted to bring her with me, but I never had a good place for her to be able to run around, so... Right. At the very least, she might be safer here. Your dog will be safe here, Gabriel says to you. I will make sure that they are treated well. Does uh, Bosco eat uh, sirloin or filet mignon? Sorry? How does your dog like its steak? You know, I don't think I've ever been in a position to give Bosco steak. I mean, meat, sure. Bits and ends here, but... You're going to use the fancy people steak for my dog? Yes. It would be insincere of the Aimsleys to not. Well, I really like you better outside of the robes, I will say. Treating my dog to the finest steak. I can't wait to see what you'll be feeding me. Well, dinner will be prepared later on. I'll keep it a surprise for now. Oh, very fun. Chef Robert, and you recognize this (laughs) name again, Lizzie, will be preparing something. Uh, Never tells us. Anyways. Soylent green is people. We can't, we can't think like that, or the, that's how the creatures win. So, player questions: two things. Any of the staff that have been mentioned, would they have worked at the house near London, or are they only in this house? They only work at this house. Okay, cool. Also, has anyone mentioned Bosco's name or in front of the butler? As you think about this, as Lizzie, you realize that... How did any of them know their names ahead of time? Because you didn't you didn't introduce yourselves. You didn't get the chance to. No. They would know you. Mm-hmm. But Finley... Finley is the one that doesn't make the sense at all. Same with Bosco. It's impressive how much... How knowledgeable the staff continues to be. Alright, so the three of you, you take on the town. Doing a little tour of the house. Showing where to find things. Yeah. Yes, and you you show them where the privy is, you show them the backyard and the fountain in the middle of the pond and how to turn it on. You and your dad worked tirelessly to get this to work a long time ago. You see the garden that has been kept for your mother. May she rest in peace. And you see a mound of dirt in the back where you know um, you ended up having to bury your little sister a long time ago. That's just information for you. You you don't usually tell anybody about that. Yeah. I think while well, showing you most of the things in the backyard, Lizzie starts to relax a little bit, and she's speaking, like, fondly and warmly of things. Probably the softest you have ever seen her. And then when we get 
to the grave spot definitely gets a lot sadder. And there's a small little cross that's built above it. Lizzie takes a little, like, shiny little bobble out of her pocket and puts it at the base of the cross. Next, uh, you see the front yard where the two trees that your mom and your dad planted when they first bought this house, before you were even born, have grown into large oak trees that shade the entire house from the sun. You see the path has been well kept. It has not been overgrown. It is kept to perfection, as your father would have liked it. She makes a remark about... Father would have been glad to know this place is still so well maintained. I do miss him sometimes. Well, often, actually. And then when we're in a place where... I know there's, like, somewhat privacy she just brings up. I don't know what he's after, but I don't trust him. Can't say I do either. Certainly the greeting and the letter we received are not exactly inspiring a lot of safety. I know I'm a little biased when it comes to him. A bit of bad blood there, but... I don't like what's going on, and I don't like how he knew all of your names. He even knew your dog's name. Well, would have known me. I don't bring my dog to the Twilight Shadow meetings. But, yes, I can't say I'm a fan. He's up to something. He knows too much. Hell, he's even part of the reason I wasn't able to make it to the dinner that night. Freddy's been walking with you and just is kind of looking around. Before this, like, seeing the little grave, she would have, like, picked a couple of wildflowers there nearby and placed them there, and then they're just listening, kind of lean back. Well, right. Suspicious fuck, that one. But, we get a hot shower, and let me tell you, there's some groin from that dream that I've been dying to scrub off. Getting a decent nice rest is good, but I don't... hate to say this, I don't know if I feel safe in this house. Right. Oh, I ain't feel safe since those little three white fuckers showed up. I mean, no offense, you guys. And she gestures, talks down to the <laughs> You see them look up at you. They all cross their arms and, like, huff. Oh, am I wrong? Wow. You three show up and then everything just goes... You hear squeak, 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 squeak. And you feel like you just got scolded by a priest. Oh. Alright, alright, alright. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'll do... You know... 15 Hail Marys? It's fascinating that he can still convey that even as a mouse. Really just goes to show that, you know, some things don't go away even with biology. True, it is quite interesting. That's the only reason I'm willing to accept the fact that that is Father Blackwell. I think I've had that lecture before, actually. Hmm. I certainly have. Which is ironic, considering he's hired me for jobs before. As you guys are discussing this, you hear the door open and close behind you. You turn around and you see Gabriel standing there. Supper is almost ready if you would like to prepare. We have... Some clothes for you, if you'd like, prepared in your room. Thank you. 
Of course. He goes back inside. You know, he wasn't this creepy in the meetings. Sorry, I'm just thinking about your brother's whole vibe with your servant and the whole thing. From what you speak, Ed, where the hell you know him from? Oh, I guess secrets are kind of out the window. Your brother is part of a secret society called the Twilight Shadow. Mostly banal stuff, you know, blood with the knife and wearing the robes and all that stuff. I used it to try to figure out more about my memory condition. Well, before it affected me as it has. Now I don't know so much as need the... It's a cult. I won't sugarcoat it. I don't so much as need the cult anymore, given that uh, all the cult things are happening to me whether I like it or not. But yeah, your brother's a member of that. Uh, didn't show much promise during the meetings, but... In his own home, with his own, you know, like... You know, master of the house and everything, it's... It's a little bit more, like, he should certainly bring this energy to the next meeting, rather than, like, whatever pathetic thing he was cooking up before. Lizzie is indignant, because he gave me shit for occasionally stealing things and talking my way into and out of things, and he went off and joined a cult. Yeah, it wasn't even the most, like, intensive cult. What possible reason? He was always the one that was prim and proper, always the one that was just the perfect little heir to the Empire. Hmm. I guess you could ask him. I, I think it's unreasonable for us to pretend that we don't talk at this point. Really, rake him over the coals if you must. Sit me, he wouldn't lie about everything. So, Finley, you get a knock at your door. Hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> Who's bugging me? Uh, Finley just reluctantly gets up, opens the door. Doing that without a listen check. I'm proud of you, Finley. <laughs> so, Finley, you open the door, and standing before you is Gabriel. And he has in hand what looks to be just a uh, suit bag with some clothes in it. Uh, supper will be soon, if you want to go ahead and wash up. I'm sorry to disturb you and your slumber. Mm, no, food sounds perfect right now. Just, but Why do you have a suit bag? These clothes were tailored to your size. Wanted to make sure they stayed clean for you, sir. Uh, that is not alarming at all, that my clothing size was already known. Um, yes, I'll, I'll just take that and get washed up. Of course. We will see you at dinner. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. At dinner. He walks off and he opens the doors to the other rooms and puts other suit, uh, other little suit bags in those rooms. Oh, this is not creepy. Not in the least. What did Omar tell me? If man gives you clothes for dinner, you run. You run! <laughs> not the worst idea. Uh -huh. Here, Finley's just this shoe. No, I'm out of here. Finley's just looking at the window, window like, hmm, I could... No, no, I like these three people. Not so much the mice. Uh, uh, but as soon as that black world becomes human again, I'm going to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> and that will be for my, my opa, and then I can leave all this nonsense behind me. Might as well get cleaned up. Freddy, the moment that you stop getting scolded, you see Father Blackwell 
the father black omel stands on your shoulder and just starts shaking his fist at the window <laughs> Raw, that's that scared i'll tell him he's got the hail mary's too little man just pat pat with two fingers the mice actually scamper down off of you and they run out the gate what and she follows because they're not gonna let the mice go running off on their own <laughs> Um, as you do, Father Blackwell, Mouse stops, puts a hand up in the air, and then wiggles his finger no. Right, so you all get to go to the pub. We get to stay here and deal with creepy cult stuff. <laughs> the only thing you see is a nod and run. Uh, little cheek, you cheeky bastard. Yeah, yeah, adding another ten onto the list. You then realize that... There's ten dollars missing, or like ten pounds missing from your uh, pocket. Shut up! They they stole money to st- go buy drinks. Oh god. Mice brain. Those mice, they love they it. They're probably gonna have some some creme de la creme de la Edgar over there. Uh, she oh, just shakes her head and chuckles. <laughs> I got that reference. That was good. It's good. I mean, like, what do animals want to drink? It's that. It's specifically that. Crim de la crim de Edgar. Yeah. Well, we're not in France right now. Childhood. But... <laughs> yeah, I watched that movie a lot as a kid. Same. Same. All right. You guys come inside. You guys get dressed, and you go down to dinner. I don't think Lizzie gets dressed in the dress that was provided for her. She goes into oh. her old room and raids her closet to find something else. Nice. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, Freddy's like halfway pulling on pants and then like flails and grabs a blanket. There's a knock on the <laughs> door first. I don't just barge in. Okay, fair enough. Then Freddy jumping into the pants <clears throat> opens the door. Raw, you probably want your room. Uh, just my closet, real quick. Also, um, double check if any of my hiding places managed to be undiscovered. Goes in. Takes an outfit out of the closet. It's a little out of date, but it's at least hers. And then checks a couple of spots where she might have, like, hidden money or, like, notes about stuff. Checking her little hidey holes around her room. Nothing's really been touched. It's been well-preserved, honestly. You know Gabriel used to know about your little hiding spots, because he would go in and he would dust them for you and make sure there's no spider webs or anything that could hurt you. Mm-hmm. And you see that it's all still well taken care of. Yeah. She's just grabbing everything and gonna put it in her bag, which has not left her side. Gabriella, you come down the stairs and as you enter into the main hall, you hear the news playing something about the war going on. And you get this odd sense of deja vu. As if this threat that feels so far off is yet so present on your mind. And you remember the other butler as he listens about his family off in Poland. You remember going into the dinner room and seeing Amesley come in, sit at the front of the t- at the head of the table, and then talk to you about other cryptic things. It's all coming back to you, and oh, where Deckard and Victoria when you need them? I know 
Deckard's not around. Oh, Victoria's somewhere nice. She deserves that at least. Currently in Hawaii with her girlfriend. Yeah, as I was say, she's in Hawaii with her girlfriend. So that's the best part. Is like I'm never gonna know, right? I'm just over here like I hope I hope it's going well. <laughs> I really hope it's going good. I mean, she would send you a letter if she remembered who you were. That's the other thing. <laughs> that's the worst part. So, you go sit in the waiting room with Gabriel and he just listens with anticipation at the radio and oh, I hope my boy is doing alright do you know what part of the front I don't get very many letters from him anymore it's been about a year he was in France oh. but who knows I just pray he's still alive I certainly hope so and then the uh, news about the war stops and just some old music comes on. You feel all of a sudden just, it all feels like it just disappears as if the war just is not important. As if everybody's just trying to make it by, praying that it just goes away. He goes ahead and stands up and I'm going to step out for a moment. And you see him pull out some cigarettes and he steps out. Of course. Do you mind if I join you? I don't think I've had a proper... I don't think I've had a proper smoke in a long time. Absolutely. Many thanks. He takes you outside, and he hands you a cigarette, and he lights it for you. I take I, I take a, a cool 1930s and 40s uh, hit of a cigarette before we knew better. Yeah, and, and yeah, no, I just... I think for once I let myself relax a little bit. Because I don't trust uh, Elder Ainsley over here, but I do at least, like, generally commiserate with working folks. That's probably wise. You guys stand out there for a little bit, and he asks you if you have any family members who are in the, who are on any fronts or anything. Afraid my whole family's American, and I don't really keep regular contact. What do you do for a living? psychoanalyst don't worry your thoughts and dreams are safe from me i'm off duty fair enough that's all very interesting i see why hmm. master aimsley was interested in you how how long have you been working for the aimsleys i don't think i met you when when i saw you i guess your old boss no, um, he would come here often. He, I remember you two had a correspondence. I would grab your letters from the post office, hmm. bring them here every oh. time they would come in. And any time that you sent them here instead of to the uh, London address, I would get them reposted. But I've been working for the Amesleys for well on 20 years. I've known uh, Lizzie since she was very, very young. She was a terror running around, her and her brother. Interesting. I guess... I've only ever... It's just hard to believe he had other family, and that he would... It seems that they missed the will no matter what, but... Shame what happened to him. I'm sure you know why he wrote them out of the will the way he did. I mean, it certainly makes sense for some, maybe not for others, and I try to be very diplomatic about how I phrase that. 
if you ask me, it's better that Adam got written out of it. Oh. Not responsible with money? No. He uh, enabled his father's delusions of fantasy. Dangerous delusions. In fact, I think most of those letters that threatened Charles at the beginning, or at the end, I think most of those came from Adam. That's so. He wrote those, or he had them sent. Well, he has a lot of contacts within Greenwheel. They never come here, but mm. I know their stench on him. You guys continue talking, and Freddy, you come downstairs after getting dressed. Are you are you wearing the clothes that they gave you? Yeah, and she finds it suspicious that they fit perfectly. Yeah. There's no escaping it. Lizzie, you would know that part of being in Amesley was your mother trained you, your brother, and your sisters on how to entertain properly. You always know more about your guests than they know about you sort of deal. Yeah. And your brother's following through on this. Yeah. Those lessons she ended up taking and turning into something else. Because those really helpful to, like, get stuff from people. And so sometimes at parties, things might go missing, and the money from them might end up at, like, homeless shelter or church. <laughs> yes, you turned into Robin Hood with that. Yeah. Just, we don't need all this stuff. It's up to you if you want to tell anyone else why everything fits them so perfectly. She'll probably share to at least provide some context. Just, yeah, it's something Mother taught her when you're entertaining know more about the people you're entertaining than they know about you. So there is a reason. I'm not saying you should trust him. I'm just saying... There's a reason, although this level of knowledge is unsettling. She says this to both um, Finley and Freddy, because Gabrielle is already downstairs. Oh, joy. And that just gets a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, this is not good. This is going to be a weird dinner. Well, Gabrielle, you've had a lot of experience with uh, weird dinners. I sure have. I survived the last one. Yes, you did. Yeah, so I, I head back inside after my smoke and give him the thanks and kind of set things aside for a little bit. I go and check on Bosco, see if he's enjoying his time with the other dog, just hanging out. I don't know what two dogs do for fun besides, like, throw each other around, and I feel like that's unfair between Bosco and your tiny one. They chase each other around a lot. <laughs> They're chasing each other... But as you look out, you see that there's this blue little butterfly that lands on Bosco's nose oh. and then flies off and they both start chasing the butterfly. Oh, that's precious. Roll 1d3. Oh my god, what could this be for? Okay, you gain one sanity back. I'll take it. That's pretty good. You see something cute and you gain a gift. We use non-Euclidean dice in this game. <laughs> I go up to 44 out of 50. 
You have been listening to Beyond the Crumbling Veil, a Call of Cthulhu 70 actual play podcast by Styx Helix Productions as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network changing reality one story at a time. If you're enjoying this show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you're listening to help other people find this lovely spooky tale. Beyond the Crumbling Veil is DM'd by John Foman of Sticks Helix Productions, with Brian as Finley Jaeger Lazarus, Ian Ramos as Gabriella Slaughter, Fennec Foxfire as Frederica Newman, and Brianna Jean as Charlene Elizabeth Amesley. The show is also produced by Brianna Jean. If you don't want to wait to find out what happens next, you can get early access to our episodes by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. You can also find out more information about our other shows at pseudonymsocial.com and support our various productions. 